Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How are we doing, fellas? Unprofessional, you too. Why? You've been offered all day, haven't they, Matty? Oh. Boozing. Eh? I thought we full of all right. Springer beans. Yeah. yeah. Very that, poor. I don't think that's the right terminology, is it? What? Full, full, full of Springer, Springer beans. beans. Well, Bruce in the pudding <laughs> right there. Yeah. Steve, <laughs> Steve Bruce has only just left Birmingham and they were springing, springing like beans. <laughs> i tell you what, he took me to a graph in Bolton last night and I, had to, and I had to have a can of Red Stripe. In fact, three cans of Red Stripe. A pub off restaurant. pub. You don't want to be in a pub and drinking out of cans, do you? Yeah, but you only have to have cans because you won't drink. The lager was, it, the lager was, was it uh, an ale? An no, ale it place. Wasn't, no, it was uh, Josie Fultz. So they have all their own stuff on, don't they? The lager, there was nothing wrong with lager. Shite. It was good. What was that? Good night? It was a few right. pints. Yeah. Tell you what. A bit of scran. Got in a bit of trouble. He is fucking crap at pool. I took two lads on in a in a boozer in Bolton, and, and all, I don't know why, but every time he gets on on the table, all he does is just hits it as hard as he can. I think, I've never seen you play, but that's exactly how I'd yeah. imagine you pull out of the patience, got the, no finesse, the concentration, just get bored. Yeah, it's just like you know, people take the time with the shot. It's just that one, mm. and it's it. Yeah, but you don't have to. It's hard. So yeah, we had a couple of beers last night, didn't we? And a, and a curry. And a curry. I looked after him. Chrissy, you bring a lot of good stuff to this establishment, but. Putting questions out for the intro hasn't yeah, well, been one of your best ones. How many pieces of Lego could Parky fit up his ass? <laughs> when Parky goes for a piss in a swimming pool, does he get his cock out or just piss in his shorts? Shorts. Shorts. I can yeah. answer that one for you. I'm just trying to work out in my head how many Legos I've had in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Someone put Formula Name Falcon. It just depends on what bit out what. What Lego are you on about? I reckon I could get. <laughs> I, re- I reckon I could get possibly. 200 heads in. For the little heads that, that people... Yeah, yeah, easy. Without her? Yeah, or helmet. Or a, or a police hat or something like that. Yeah, 200 of them in, no bother. Swanee's so gone down well? Yeah. Very well. And I don't, let's not talk about any dogs in this intro because it's been dog-heavy. It We're going to start getting inspected, I think. It has been dog-heavy, but... Big old piece of kit, Zoom Swanee. You know what I mean? And that was some lippy. Yeah. <laughs> can't, help, can't help it yeah story heavy weren't it good and I wouldn't like to take Swanee on with it in a fight but they've been been hard man heavy the previous two and then Swanee bringing some some tales well, life hearted humour yeah. here we go then Chris Peter Swan Mick Harford Kevin Ball in a fight anything goes who wins 
burn. I've got weapons. Oh, just... <laughs> you know, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to... Weapon of choice. Give him a call of duty, man. I always have to get him unrealistic. Um, I reckon Who are you putting a £100 bet on? I reckon it'll be going on for a long time. Yeah. I think it's a fight to the death. I think Swan is fatiguing. Yeah. I think Borley will be a steer. Yeah. I, think, I think there'll be Mick and, Mick and Borley at the end picking up teeth. <laughs> Who wins? And ears and stuff. I'm going to go Mick. Oh, yeah. Mm. Just You're going bally, aren't you? I think so. Anyway, let's talk something serious. What about bloody Potsy? has got sack anyway, mate. Potsy at mm. Chelsea. Have you sent your commiserations? I tried ringing him, yeah, but he, he's, he's not round me back. The last thing you want to see after being sacked by Chelsea is his name coming up. <laughs> oh. I could bring a bit of light humour to, like to it. That's one of them that you look down and turn your phone over. <laughs> you know, so you don't have to look at your neck. I'd even got my, my, my line. I got my first line sorted. I say, oh, Pots, you're all right. Really sorry to hear about you getting sacked. You are now the second richest man I know. Rob Williams is the first, and Pots is the second, ri- <laughs> second richest man I know. So I got some fucking pay up, innit? How much you reckon? I wouldn't like to speculate, but I'm tipping it'd be in the region of 15 mil. Do you think he'll be bothered? I know it might sound a stupid yeah, question. Yeah, I think it Do you will think he'll be bothered. Yeah, although he is tight as cramp, right? He'll obviously like the money, but yeah, I think it, he'll want to do well. Yeah, but well, I think you once you've got to that stage, when I mean, let's be honest, he probably doesn't have. He'll never have to work again. Well, if, I, if I were him, I wouldn't. So then it's about prestige, isn't it? That you want to achieve something. You want to be considered as an England manager. You want to do well. Well, there's Leicester, Leicester Spurs. I reckon, he's half, Spurs. I reckon there's a decent chance of both of them. Mm-hmm. He's got good stock now, hasn't he? Chelsea, Chelsea were a bit of a free hit, I think. Because they sack managers who win fucking Champions League, don't they? Mm. And he can't be held responsible for their signings or... Nah, he's not Do you reckon any of them were his signings? Probably not, no. Fuck Probably nice. not. I tell you what, I, I've got a feeling it'll all, it'll all go pop at Chelsea. I think this Bolly, Bolly or whatever it's called... Got there. If put that much and that much in, and they'll think, shit, this. No, it's not working. I'm, At least you didn't pump. stoop to the levels of Matty, who, after six hours of getting sacked, messaged Message. Jesse Marsh asking if he fancied him. Asking if he on with us. Before, Hi, Jesse. Before you jump on the plane. Before you jump on the plane home. <laughs> it's only that was the words. Hi, we, can Jesse. We, can, we can get an office at eat for all. Hi. <laughs> Hi Jesse, really sorry you've pop your bags in corner. Really sorry you've got uh, you've got sack. Is there any chance we can nip to Leeds Bradford Airport <laughs> and get you at Terminal Two? A few words, just for a couple of hours. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah. Boring. Hey, Dublin's on the horizon. Oh, aye. Tickets feels, are available. Feels, now we've managed to get a couple of guests sorted. It feels real, doesn't Three it? Three guests. Who's on Who's on the lineup? Paddy, Sir Paddy Kenny, Sean Thornton, Keith Tracy, and singer. It's going to be good all night. It's been a long shift, that, you know, that. I don't Free think we're going to be done for half ten. Eh? I don't think we're going to be done for half ten. Uh, fuck. We won't be catching the train. It's back shift, isn't it? It's a yeah. long shift. Yeah. It's going to be a good old night. What we need to do is we need to make sure that we, we don't start drinking till six, five, five or six. Because if we start drinking at three, two... Well, we've got a podcast for Sean Thornton on the afternoon. All oh, right, that'll keep us sober well, then. There's still some tickets available. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what we need. A podcast <laughs> in a pub. Keep sober for his night shift. www.underthecosh.com slash live. You can get your tickets for Dublin. And it's t- cheap for flights as well if you're, Very cheap. If you're not in Dublin. Yeah, it's surprisingly cheap. 
And we'll, we'll be out. I think we're, we're stopping the Saturday and all, aren't we? All day. All day, all dub, probably. Well, 100%. <laughs> Not probably, it's definitely. Could, need could, we, could we fund it by doing a meet and greet? What, in the old dub? Start charging people. A pint of four dub? <laughs> Hey, thanks for coming, mate. Hi, my name's John. I'll have, a, I'll have a Peroni, please, bigger. <laughs> do you need you? Do you need to use VPN in uh, Dublin? For what think, you, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. So you can I'm bank your location, to. John, while we're in the old Dublin. Watch any, up on any game. Yeah, I'm not be, be watching Corrie in old Dublin. I'm not be able to concentrate on it and hear it. Mm. If you're not already aware, the links in the description, and uh, you can get yourself involved with a heavy, heavy discount. Everybody's aware now, aren't they? I think, like can you still, think so. well, I'm not sure if you can still get the cheaper streaming services yeah, with it. Yeah, you can. Bench yourself over to Columbia. Oh. And you'll get a cheaper cheaper streaming service. What about the security? Oh, security is unbelievable. Even in Ireland? Even in Ireland. Why? They're not letting you All your passwords, your bank details, everything. Under lock and key. As we've mentioned, links in the description get a heavy, heavy discount. Heavy, heavy. Get we might need to tap into somebody's bank account to pay for the fucking afternoon session mm. in Old Dub. That's, I, I was half joking, but it's a good thingy, isn't it? What, meet and meet greet? Meet Well, put it on your... Put a tweet out and see what people think. <laughs> I reckon they'll get met with a fuck off, you greedy <laughs> bastards. Who have we got this week? Jason, Jason Lee. Lee. Jason Lee. I should have put him in the... Uh, Another half. Yeah. Man. Surprising hard man, I think. Yeah. Olds of Vendetta as well. Yeah. That, some that. of them, different hard man, because like Mick and Bawley on the field, you know, have a pint afterwards. No, not, not with Jason Lee. No, He's no, of no. the Steve Walsh mould, isn't he? Yeah. If you cross He'll him, remember it. There's a problem. You crossed. I mean, look at David Badil with him. Yeah, it was Obviously interesting. That one, about him yeah. and that. Should we get him in then? Yeah, let's yeah. get him in. Plus, a start has just come. What have we gone for? I got some chorizo thing or something. I don't know. I'm you did, you did go for the biggest steak. I, I didn't. Did you not? No. T-bone. Twenty ounce in it. Oh, in, in weight. No, yeah, You've but gone for quantity or bigger. quality, John. No, 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 no. no. Steak in my right, eyes. Right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Starters here. Salivating. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> We always put a few a few bits and bobs out on Twitter. We had we had some good responses from Forest fans okay. ask, asking about the promotion year. Yeah. About whether you, there was a, a mass exodus from the, the hotel, apparently. I don't know. Yeah. What, yeah. as in players? Everybody kicked out for jumping. Muggle off. Oh, the uh, celebration. There's the smile. There's the smile. <laughs> yes, we're not bothered about the football. Last <laughs> right. weekend, the night before the game, like five alarms or something. <laughs> Do you remember it? No. <laughs> I wasn't there, mate. I don't remember it, honestly. Mass Exodus. Sometimes people embellish these stories, and they? Yeah. I don't. And, and Norman, Gemmo surely would have mentioned it. There was no. Mm, yeah. Apparently, everybody jumped in the pool and they got kicked out of the hotel. That's nothing, is it? We've been done before. Yeah. Five o'clock at yeah. yeah. done. We've been done. I'm not having that. I mean, if it's just jumping in the pool, it's nothing, right? There's a pool, you jump in it. <laughs> Whatever time you get. Yeah, in. we've seen a lot worse than that. <laughs> naked, yeah. just say naked door. Nah, I'm not getting naked with the boys if you don't go. If you ain't <laughs> you got don't get naked, to. do you know what I mean? Changing room's a bit different, but this all get naked. <laughs> Man, I'm not having that story. By the way, just before we do get into it, you must feel tiny today. I know. Uh, well, we've got a comparison picture there, which is very similar. 
We can get, that, we can get it up on screen. Yeah, that is the picture. That's, us, beauty, that's us three. Kevin Francis and Lee Todd. I'm assuming I'm Lee Todd. Definitely. Definitely Toddy. That must have been some yeah, strike we, force. We, we can talk about that, man. That that period for me was... If we're going to talk about my career, we'd have to go way, way back. But basically, I went on loan uh, from Charlton to Stockport County. And I'm a London boy. I was born in Forest Gate, yeah. you know, East London. The only time I came out of London was on a coach to go and play football. Um, so Manchester, Stockport was the end of the world for me. I'm not going to lie. When the manager says, oh, you're going on loan. Danny Begara was the manager. Uruguayan international. Is he Bruce Rioch's assistant? He may well have been. He was a real character. Yeah. Right? Um, new, new Maradona. Okay, so that's not a bad one. They had a picture of Maradona on his wall. Yeah? Of him and Maradona, like their, their mates. So the warm-ups and everything was really interesting. You do all the dancing, you go down, touching your legs and you're going up. The fucking team was all six foot plus. Right? <laughs> so my mind was boggling anyway. So I'm like, wow, this is, this is a real education for me. Even for me being a big man, um, crash bang work. So he used to talk to me in a strange way, like Danny Bigara. So I kept trying to do the normal stuff as a striker. You know, you peel off, go around the back, try and do, and try to come to feet. And I was young and energetic as you are when you're young, Park. You can remember that, being young. <laughs> do a little bit more than you're meant to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you've got an older centre forward who would just know to stay in the middle, but I'm running all around like a blue-ass flight. He's saying to me, um, I didn't understand what he was fucking talking about, but he says, you, you need to just build a house and live in it at the back post. So I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? And all the lads obviously listening in when the manager's talking to you because you're thinking, this is going to be gold, isn't it? And I'm thinking, what do you mean build a house? He said, just fucking build a house and never come out of it. Stay on the back stick. That's where you get your goals. And I realised the way they played, the majority of their goals was like launched to the back stick or the ball got through and there's the tapping, tapping, tapping. And I thought, he's got a point, do you know what I mean? But it's the way he's putting it across to me. And I'm thinking, bloody hell. But it was a real education. It was something that I needed. It's something that I advocate to, to all young players that you need to go out on loan because you're too comfortable yeah. at your club. What league were they in? When you fourth. signed, they were you know bottom tier, yeah. fourth, fourth division. So what was that like compared to your first tier at uh, Charlton? Was it just chalk and cheese? Just like what the fuck's this? Well, I'm sure the lads were a lot different. So, and yeah, just going right back to at Charlton, had yeah, you been there from a from from a well, a I went in as a scholar. I went in as a scholar, so I didn't have the, the maybe whatever everybody else in terms of being in the academy from whatever a young age. I went in at sixteen. So I was playing grassroots football. I always felt I was good enough. Just wasn't sure if football was going to actually work for me. And then I finally got picked up by Charlton. Um, and I was painting and decorating as well, which was like working with my uncle. Jeez, you don't need ladders, do you? Good dough, mate. <laughs> good, good dough as well. Catching hands, good money. I hated it. Kicking and screaming. I, I used to go painting and decorating my brother and my uncle. And I'm telling them that, I, you know, I need to get off early for training or I've got a game. And, you know, you can imagine they're like, fuck, you know, you... You need, to, you need to trade, like, you're not going to make it as a footballer. You yeah. don't want to hear that. You're not gonna make it. I'm thinking, fuck's sake, I've got to make it as a footballer. I'm not enjoying this shit, you know, scraping the walls. But I was earning good though. And then, you know, I had the trial, went in at Charlton, um, and they gave me a, a two-year scholarship, which you think at the time, which I thought at the time was, was really good, it's going to be great. You know, I'm a pro, because basically you sign a scholarship, you're, you are a pro, you're signing a pro contract, but... Fucking the money. I was I went in first year and it's like £27.50 or whatever. Don't forget the 50. I'm sure it's 50p. <laughs> first year, you know, they put the contract in front of you. £27.50 in the first year. And I'm like, right. And then like 35 quid in the second year. I'm thinking, what? 
this is professional football. Like, really? I can't live off that. How am I going to travel from East London to South London? Um, I used to be late regularly. I didn't want to clean the boots. I didn't want to be picking up the lads' fucking jock straps and running the bath and, you know, doing all the menial jobs that people think, you know, is, is, is character building. I just thought it was all degrading and, like, you're taking the piss. And Are I you refusing? Bit, I just wasn't doing it. I had a little bit of an edge, you know, I'm not going to lie. you got choices to make. Am I going to be a footballer? Am I going to do something else? But now I'm playing football and now I'm spending half my time, if not 90% of my time, doing all these jobs, like <laughs> sweeping the floor, painting the fucking whatever. You've been good at that though, <laughs> Mate, you would have thought, but I'll be grudged it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking... Uh, Missing patches. And <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought it's not all it's um, shaped up to be. Yeah. People told me football's What would be you be earning at... I was, I was getting like 100 quid a week. So you like cash in hand. Yeah. Like good money for me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? To then be getting 27 pound a week. And 30, I just thought, this is bullshit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this, is, this is a nonsense. And I made my debut. Um, I was 17. So I was doing okay. You know, youth team football was easy enough for me. I learned really quickly. Yeah. Um, I was playing reserve team football. Reserve team football in those days was proper men's football. If you didn't play in the first team, you played in the reserves. So I was playing against the Alvin Martins and all these legendary players and I was holding my own. I thought, this is great. I need to be playing first team football. I was learning quickly enough. So is that I, something you said to, to Lenny? Yeah, I used to go, I mean, the lads used to laugh and some of the lads were really good with me and some of the lads were like, you can't speak to the manager like that. But I just didn't have that schooling that I wasn't in yeah. there all day, every day, like they was from probably 12 or 14 or whatever, where they understood. I was just like, mate, he's just, he's just Lenny. Like after the time I'm calling him, after the time I'm calling him Lenny. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Len, Len, like Gaffer. It's the Gaffer. It's the boss. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Boss. Just didn't roll, didn't roll off the tongue properly. Yeah. So I'm saying to him, like, I'd be knocking on his door, like, any fucking chance. Like, I need to be playing in the first team. Like, I was banging goals in the youth team, playing in the reserves. I'm good enough, you know, if you that old adage, if you're old, if you're good enough, you're old enough. But to be fair, he had a, a, a young striker, a big man in Cole Lieburn as well, who was a big lad, a couple of years older than myself, who was the big man in that team. So I kind of got that. But I just, you got to believe in yourself. I thought I'm better, I'm good enough to get an opportunity. And I got my debut, 17. It was a, I didn't even know, I was sub actually that day, but I didn't even know I was in a squad. I just As usual, you have to come along thinking you're doing the jobs. And I get to Sellers Park, because it wasn't even at the Valley then. They didn't even have the stadium. It was having to ground share and he's saying the other. So I get there and um, you're in the squad. I thought, oh, okay, great. And I'm in there with the first team and then I'm on the bench. And then probably within, it must have been 15 minutes into the game, I've gone on. The strikers come off injured. And I thought, this is where I need to be. We're playing Sunderland, Sunderland in the whatever, Seamod Cup or something back in the days. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. I feel comfortable. And I felt that I was at home playing first team football. Um, and from that day, it was hard for me to go back to the youth team. Do you know what I mean? Are you I played, rapping on the door even more? I at was this knocking point. on the door. Like I was in the squad a lot. Um, I think I only made five appearances. Um, Come in, the, Jason. Yeah, well, he would, he would hide. He would literally hide from me. I'm telling you, <laughs> he would literally hide from me. You know, the, the training ground then was like brand new. You lived there as a scholar, as an apprentice. You lived there all day, every day. So. He would literally be hiding. I, I, I could I could hear him, or if I knew he was around, I'd be just badgering him, like, Lenny, Lenny. Like, any chance, like, do you know what I mean? Any chance of a game. And he'd be like, you got to wait your turn, and, you know, this, that, and the other. I'd be like, fuck's sake. I'd be literally 
killing myself. I'd do the training, I'd be in the gym, I was working on the boards. I had these wooden boards that you'd work on, you touch this and the other. I'm good to go. So I had to go on loan. Once you play first team football, I don't think you can look back. You know, you're not going to want to go and play. You, if you've got anything about you, your ambition is to is to keep progression and, mm. keep, and keep moving on. Do you think he respected the fact that you were banging on his door and wanted to play? Lawrence? I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask him and I made him pay years later in terms of whenever I played against his teams, like, fucking have some of that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> As you do, right? You've got to prove people wrong. Like, you should have fucking played me. Do you know what I mean? You should have given me... I'll be honest with you, Jason, right? You sound like an absolute fucking nightmare. <laughs> well, I think you have to be what you have to be. And I don't know about yourself or, you know, you either go along for the go along or you really want to stand out, right? So when I turned up at Charlton at Flake and I saw the nice cars and I, and I knew the money that was available to me, what I want. I'm going to have this. And literally, I used to stamp over whoever. If I was ever called over to the first team, I was leaving it on them. Like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> they'd be like, you're only a, you. no, I'm here with you. Like, why would you speak to a young player? And I've always continued that with my career. Being a senior pro, I love young pros who come over. And I'd always look after them. And if they put a foot in it, I'd be like, love that. Yeah. And if I saw a senior pro treat me like shit, I'd be like, you're a tall man. You're out of order. Do you know what I mean? Because some senior pros will do that to young pros out of jealousy or whatever. Yeah. You know, you're, you're done, mate. If you're done, get off the pitch. You earn the respect. So I used to go in with that idea that I want to be seen. I'm here. And whilst I'm here, I'm going to make the most of it. Where did, where did that um, hunger come from? Like, what was your background growing up? Was it... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was hard. It yeah. was hard. Look, single parent, um, single parent family lived on lived on an estate in East End of London, Brick City. Um, the, the fucking lift was never working. You had to climb the stairs regularly. There was lots of crime. There were lots of all sorts of shit going on. I'm not gonna lie. You know, dealing whatever it took to survive. So once I made the decision that I was gonna play football, and you've lots, seen like I've you said, seen, those I've seen what I can make apart from the contract they put in front of me. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I'm going to give it a go, right? My personality is if I'm going to do something, I'll give it 100%. So I gave it everything. And people that I kind of grew up with and, and the people I needed to leave behind, I left behind. And they respected that. You know, I still lived on the estate when I was commuting back to Charlton and this and the other. But they left me alone and I focused on my football. He's playing football. Great. I'm giving mm -hmm. it a go. You know, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't doing anything. So I'm there. I expect to, to be given the opportunity. You know, that's why I'm banging on the door and... No regrets. I hate people yeah. who talk about if I'd have done this. I got the most out of my career because I gave it everything and I applied myself. Do you know when you signed for Lincoln, did you see that when you first signed that this is just a step at stone, I'm going, I'm going back off? Because it was a bit of a drop, wasn't it? It was a big terms drop. It was a big drop. Yeah. position or whatever. Did you just think, right, here we go. Well, I'm not going to be here. As I said, I was, I was 19 in terms of, and I've been out alone a couple of times. I'm not going to get the games here. Clearly, I'm not going to get the games here. If Lenny and Charlton didn't think much of me, then they should let me go. And to be fair, you put a, a sell-on clause. So you obviously thought that there might have been something there, a sell-on clause if I signed for Lincoln and got sold, which I did. So they got yeah. a little bit of money. But the reason I went to Lincoln and going back, whilst on loan at Stockport, so I signed for Lincoln, you know, not long after, before in the deadline. Whilst on loan at Stockport, one of my games was against Lincoln at Sinsil Bank. So the manager, Steve Thompson, who I played for twice, Steve Thompson was a centre-half at Charlton, you know, when they was really successful. And he was playing in the reserves with me, so he knew what I was about. Okay, this is what, how football works, right? Steve Tomo, we used to have to 
give him a new pair of shorts. Shoes probably the same. A new pair of shorts or two pair of shorts for a game because the shorts was never big enough. You'd have to tear them up the side. What, what, you, fuck, what you on about? <laughs> you can fucking me. You could probably relate. <laughs> I, I, every, I time every time I went in, every time I used to go in the change room, you, I know you can identify. It's like you get the, you get the medium and you get the large and like fucking some of the lads are taking the large and the XL and you, we need the large and XL. So don't take the piss. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you'd end up sometimes getting mugged off with a small pair of shorts. So Tomo would, uh, even the XLs was never big enough and he would literally just fucking rip them up, rip them up all the way up here. So anyway, so we got on really well. The reserve team was senior pros in and he obviously remembered and thought, you know, I'm the manager of Lincoln City now. He played for Lincoln. Um, he was playing manager, but he never played. He went there and he, um, he, he was on the phone. He said, look, would you come and sign for me? And I'm talking to him whilst I'm on loan at Stockport and tapping up. He wasn't even subtle about it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're playing, we're playing the game. I'm up top with Big Kev and we're fucking battering Lincoln, Sinsil Bank. And, and whilst the game's going on and Tomo starts shouting out to me while I'm playing the game, you'll be, you be with us next week. Don't worry about it. You know, you know how much, how much, you need? and like, obviously the manager's there, Dan <laughs> and he's getting the right fucking number. And he's like, what, what? He, no, he's signing for me. Like Danny Bagara is adamant that I'm signing for them. And I'm not saying anything. I'm just trying to play the game thinking yeah. like, you're killing me here, Tomo, by the way. You're killing me. <laughs> so then it gets to the point where I'm coming to the end of my loan at Stockport and he calls me in and he's like, well, you know, you're going to sign? You, are you going to stay with us? And I'm like, sheepish. I'm like, well, you, you know what, Dan? I'm going to sign for Lincoln. He goes, you fucking what? You fucking... <laughs> How long is this after the game? Me. Probably a week or whatever. Yeah. I'm so you've to the actually end. had that conversation. Yeah, I've had the loan spell. Them. I know I'm going to Lincoln. He's tapped me up. It, you know, it wasn't subtle. Then it's coming. I've got to have the conversation with the manager. I think they've agreed the deal, uh, Charlton with Stockport, that I could sign for him. So Danny thinks I'm signing. And I'm telling Danny that I'm not signing. And he's like, cunting me off. Like, I'm, like, like I've never seen biggest dressing down ever. And I'm like, you know, you just feel, I felt bad. I felt embarrassed. And like, just fuck off. That's how he's talking to me. Just, <laughs> just go now, like, fuck off. <laughs> Like, you're dead to me, like, do one. And I thought, okay, so I got out. We've got the deal done just in time, faxed it over. I've signed for, I've signed for, for Lincoln, gone in, and it's Tomo. And um, fucking what a whirlwind that was. Two years at Lincoln, fourth division. I had the worst dis disciplinary record in football. Worse than Vinny's. I was, I was bang out of order at times. <laughs> I thought you were going to say raw. No, enthusiastic. I, I was all of that. I was all of that. But I've told you already what my personality was back at Charlton and this, that and the other. So now I'm plunged into fourth division football where, you know, it's Billy Whitehurst. I know what I mean? I've heard yeah. of Billy Whitehurst. And there's all these legendary names who I don't know. I, I know the down south. I don't know up north. So now I'm like playing up north and it's like you're a southern this, that and the other. And you are black this that and the other and you're whatever that comes out of my mouth. And I'm like, well, I'm not having that. So every other week I was scrapping, fighting, getting sent off. Disciplinary record was, was really bad, but it was, it was what I needed in terms of playing regular football, um, exposure, you know, being mm. 19 year old, 19 to 21, cause I had the two years there. I played close to hundred games, scored some goals, put me in the shot window. Jumping from the first division to the fourth division at that time was the best thing I could have done because forget reserve team football. If you can put a hundred games to your name by the age of 21, 
people know that you're ready to mm. play first team football, yeah? And just to be a young striker in those days, you had you had a value. You know, when you had on about your disciplinary record, did he kind of let you go? Did you he, say he he's it his best the when he's like that? He, he fed into it. <laughs> he, he, he absolutely fed into it. It was, listen, it's a different era um, in terms of what you could get away with back in the day. There wasn't so many cameras. Literally be standing on the centre circle and the centre half would just smash you in the, in the mouth. Like, the ball's down there, mate. And you're spitting blood out and picking your teeth up. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you literally think, you think you're going to get away with that as well. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, Maybe you do every week, but I wasn't having it. Like, I'll, I'll <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, like, it's, it's either I'm going to deal with you during the game or I'm going to see you after the game. You know, we, we kind of learn. You've always got that. You know, you, you, you have it with somebody and then after the game, they want to make you up, don't they? You see them in the bar and they're like, oh, hey, but no, bang. Like, like <laughs> no, nah, mate. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't no, know. No, yeah, no. Because, because I didn't I didn't buy into that. You know, if you- Over the white line stuff. Yeah, if you're going to go that far and you're going to call me this and talk about my mum and this and the other, like, you're getting it. Like, seriously, you're getting it. So you, the bar situation after a game was always for me. And I don't drink, but I'm getting in there. I can't wait, I can't wait to see him. <laughs> Give us like, any examples. Yeah. Well, I might get fucking nicked for it or whatever, but <laughs> I, 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 was in, I was in the paper. Um, we played crew, okay? So some other people would probably talk about these stories over the year. We played crew, Dario Grady was manager, and he was another one. He, he said he wanted to sign me. I wasn't really going to go from Lincoln to Crew. I didn't see that as a, a, mm. a progressive move. But we played at Gressley Road and I battered his centre-halves at Gressley and we beat Crew. They played lovely football, Craig Ignett and this, that and the other. Good players, always had good good players, the, you know, the academy of football. But we just destroyed them physically, just battered them, beat them up. And um, he's clearly decided that he's going to bring in a different centre-half or it's going to bring somebody in to sort me out when we play next time. So... We're now at Sinsil Bank and crew come up and then we're playing this game. They've got this centre-half. Darren Carr, it is what it is. Put the name out. Darren Carr, big centre-half, combative, bit of a bully. We're playing the game and um, there was no football being played. <laughs> Literally, the ball's going down the, down, down the touchline, long throws, and he's fucking coming over the top of me. Whack, have some of that, have some of this. I'm really taking a battery in. I'm thinking, obviously, I'm not going to lie down. I'm not taking that. Whack. You know, broke his nose. Have some of that. Keep keep wearing that one while we're playing. <laughs> and, the, and the game's going on and people obviously watching the game. I just, I just thought, great. You know, well done. Good. You're, you're holding your own. I'm doing what I'm doing. It is what it is. This is how you got to survive, right? The game's finished. So we got through the game. I think we both got booked. Um, the game's finished. And as we're coming off the pitch now, I hate when, you know, when the lads will grab you, like... To stop you getting... Yeah, the lads will grab you, like, I hate that. If someone grabs you, it's like, you know you're vulnerable when you're getting grabbed, right? Because I was vulnerable. So, melee, 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 lads have grabbed me, someone's grabbed him, but not really, and he's come out of that, and he's come home, and he's gone, whack! Like, he's hit me, like, proper shook me, I thought... You know, I'm going to kill you. I literally, I'm going to kill you. And you, my teammates, like, oh, you're taking the piss. So I've gone in the, in the change room. And anyone that's played with me knows I take forever after a game to get ready. You know, I'm cocoa buttering up. <laughs> um, uh, and also, I'm not in no rush. I've done the 90 minutes. Why am I going to rush after a game? Even my family and friends used to always moan, like, they'd be in the bar, I'd be the last one in. Everyone's gone. So I'm in and out of the shower, like, bam. Like, the lads know I'm not mucking about. I'm standing by the door. 
I'm waiting. Like, as soon as he comes out of that fucking change room, it's, it's on. Like, round two, whatever. So he comes out of the change room. He starts to walk down past us. I said, what are you saying? He's gone, yeah, yeah. whack. Game over. So he's, he's, he's folded, like literally folded at my feet. So I thought, well, that's great. That was easy enough, wasn't it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Not too much stress. No, no, listen, you don't know. You're, yeah. I was prepared for whatever. That was done. Tomo's come running across from the manager's courtyard, which is because it's happened in front of people, as you can imagine. Fucking hell, like, you know, you, what are you doing and blah, blah, blah. The police have got called. They've picked him up, pick him up, by the way, took him back, <laughs> smelling salts, all that. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, that was great. I thought, yep, yeah, great. You've now, like, you've got to get back on the bus. Your teammates have seen it. People now know, do you know what I mean? You're not going to be telling people, I fucking sorted him out today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to leave it that way, do you? <laughs> so as much as, you know, it was out of order and the police was called and there was, there was, I mean, if they were the press charges, there'd have been shit houses, wouldn't they, to yeah. do that? Do you know what I mean? Because we had a proper scrap for the whole game. We was having it, like things was going on. And yeah, he came off the worst. You've got to live with that. So pretty much from then, uh, I built a little bit of a reputation in terms of, you know, he can handle himself, it's good. Yep. which was good, you know? And I just felt that I had to, it was, it was, it was sink or swim. Like if you folded, especially if you was young and you was trying to come up, the older pros would just, they would destroy you physically. If they knew they could leave some on you, that's you done, right? What chance you got? But what would you like? I mean, if someone's overstepping the mark and they're taking, <laughs> taking liberties and saying this and the other, did you let it go? I don't know. There's a fine line, isn't they, I think. They play against Chris Morgan. Oh, knew that, that there you was, go, there's another one. Crazy. That was, he'd do all kinds yeah. to you and then come yeah. over and shake your hand. But I never yeah. think he'd... Uh, yeah. Wolves used to piss me off. There was literally, we played Boston, played Sheffield United pre-season, we was having it. We played them in the cup, weeks in, we was having it. So I'm literally, I'm standing on, at Bramwell Lane on the pitch with no shirt on because he's fucking ripped it off. So I'm like, well, he's ripped it halfway down. I've ripped the rest of it off and I've gone... You want the shirt, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Literally, I'm standing there. Can you imagine? We're like, fuck. Um, that was all right. I didn't mind that. But Morgan was to have it, and and you'd be okay. But he never said anything that would be out of order. He's just having a go. I respect that. Yeah, it's 100%. the shit out stuff in it. Yeah, you know, it would be the little kicks and yeah. the little. But you know, as I said, I wasn't shy, so I'm not gonna wait. I'm gonna elbow you. I'll never wait for somebody to elbow me. I'll get my retaliation in first. So. We would have that and we would do what we had to do and have Will, um, Neil Warnock as the manager screaming and shouting on the sideline used to irritate me because I thought, come on, man, you know what he's about. So don't be whinging when I'm doing what I'm yeah. doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some managers are like that, aren't they? The, 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 the verbal would never, they could say whatever they wanted to me and I won't give a fuck. Whatever they wanted. I don't think I ever got properly smashed off the ball. I don't think I ever no, got, I, a, I don't I don't think think I ever I got a right to, like, a proper nah. right hook off the ball. You did well. People were scared then. They were literally that fucking well, scared. Yeah, you know, they you? must have been. They must <laughs> have been. I think, I think maybe some people well, thought were... they could take liberties with me. Yeah. Literally, some people do, right? They test you, the water. You're saying you'd, you'd go out first to get that first Definitely, one in. Because I learned. Is that something that you'd do, John? I don't know. I mean, what age are you, Jay? 50? I'm 51. 51. You're 10 so years 10 younger, years, right? 10 years. I think that 10 years from when I started to when Jay started, Ooh, that's that's that 10 years were a lot different. Different, yeah, it was. I think it, it, it evolved and it kept it, it kept changing. I remember playing against you when I was at Boston, and I'd have been, I might have been thirty four. So if I'm thirty four, you would have been twenty three, or you was a young lad, and we're playing Macclesfield versus Boston. Yeah, at Boston, I remember because obviously I remember this fucking big guy playing and bullying our centre halves, and I was getting irritated. You know, <laughs> 
you do, don't you? I'm done. I'm done. We're playing around. You do get irritated, right? You're thinking, for fuck's sake, like, come on, like, he's taking the piss, like, literally, decent, and you've had to deal with it, like. Will be Akinfenwa. Big strikers generally sometimes people write them off. They don't think they can control the ball, bring it down. They're just a big lump. Do you know what I mean? That's how people would describe you. And you had more than that too. I'm not going to blow your trumpet too much, but you was like, <laughs> and I just thought they're letting you take the piss. Like you need to leave some on him. Like one of you, <laughs> one of you get in front, one yeah. get behind, take turns for fuck's sake. I was irritated, but you was a young lad, so it didn't surprise me that you went on and had a career because. I could see big players being very, very, um, very useful, you know, if you use them the right way. And as I said, the worst thing is when managers and players just don't give you a chance. They just give you shit balls all the time mm. to deal with. You, you know, you're better than that. I'm glad mm. I never fucking said out. I'll be honest with you, I'm glad no, I never said out. No, I just remember. I just remember. You remember when there was well in the fucking... Oh, wait, it'll, it'll shake me under. He's coming. Nah. He's still coming. He's still coming. He's still coming. Boston, no? And I've been fucking... <laughs> we, had, we had the best, the best tunnel and the best... Um, as you said, the best tunnel area at Boston, it used to go off in, and it was because of Steve Evans, like, oh, we'll absolute lunacy, absolute <laughs> lunacy. And he used to be stoking it. So it used to always go off. Like we'd get you in the tunnel and you couldn't even move. At point, at some stages, people was literally just like that because there was no movement. You couldn't move. Like imagine you got 22 players trying to fight in a fucking, <laughs> it was that wide. So you all literally like, you couldn't do anything. <laughs> just get back in your change room. <laughs> Did you ever meet your match? Yeah. I mean, I've taken my licks. That's the thing. So I'm not going to say I'm the hardest man in football, but when people talk about being a hard man, this and the other, I don't think you need to be telling people that. Yeah. You know, you're just setting yourself up for the fall. People always say, who's the best player you ever played against? I would say it was Gary Pallister. Like, people might remember Pally. He was at Man United, this and mm. the other. He was big. He was quick. And he had a bit about him, you know, and I just remember playing against him. It's Man United in the day. You don't really get much of a chance. So if you're not getting the ball, if I wasn't involved in the game and you're playing against superior players, then it's going to be plan B. It's going to be trying to leave some on people. <laughs> See, I'm, I was thinking that was plan A and then fuck it, we'll have a, well, we'll have a bit of a well, with the ball after that. <laughs> so we can get to that. I think the higher up you play, the game is less physical. It was for yeah. me. I found playing div, uh, league... Division four football and then playing for Forest in the Premier League. There was no, there was, I had less confrontations. I played against Razor Rudder, all these guys. And Enjoy like, that less. Huh? Enjoy that less. It, I just thought, well, this is what it is, right? Yeah. You know, everyone wants to look after themselves and they want to play and it's what you do with the ball. But if you haven't got the ball, I could always revert to type and like, <laughs> and I would always make it very difficult for centre halves. Like, you're not going to get off this game that easy. You need to go home with a nick. Someone needs to know that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're going to leave. The no, daily I, minimum I, is fast. The Jason Lee brand is going home with one. I think, I think you have to. And when I watch people play and I watch, I think, why would you like leave 90 minutes thinking you've not done anything? Like, yeah. do something. So I know I've left someone. And, and half the time it kind of broke it up. I wish I didn't get sent off as much. I got better. I got cuter. I get suspensions and picking up fines all the time was absolute ball late but do your homework like anybody who signed me and then was surprised by the aggression that I used when I played I Not thought well you didn't do your homework <laughs> like, do your recruitment properly yeah. and there were some managers who signed me who were like fuck you know we were like Talking about man, yeah. <laughs> they do, you re- me. do your research, what, John. Do you, yeah, I've signed him. He's a lot. He's quite a bit fatter than what I thought. 
It's your own fucking fault. Oh, do your research. <laughs> you have a do, do your do your recruitment. Do your research. You know, at the end of the day, you get what you know. You get what you get, and I worked hard um, to build, make you know, build my my maybe reputation in the game and yeah, sometimes you have to live up to that. Do you find that like by building a reputation as well, you've you've created a filter system of people that are willing to have a go. Murders. Because if you've if you built up a reputation and somebody has a go, mm. then it's like, right, you know he's, he, I hope he's done his research and yeah. he knows what he's dealing yeah, with. Yeah of course, of course. We've got and a game on. If they haven't, as I said, if you haven't, then you're more in for, a for shock. you. But at the end of the day, I always respected somebody who would stand in their corner. I got no problem with that. You know the code is live and die by the sword, right? And that was that was definitely the way I used to play the game in that era because there was no other way. Like, if you get bullied by centre-halves, strikers, you get bullied by the centre-halves, you know, when they come and they head the ball and they go, <laughs> and all that, and you think, you fucking idiot. Right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Little morgues, that. Yeah. 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 So, like, I've never headed the ball and go, fucking, <laughs> so I, I'd think, that was my that was my calling. The next time you're gonna go, oh, you know, you're gonna run into one of them. You just think you're taking liberties. I hated it, but that's that was typical centre halves. Like one of if they win the first header, you know, you, as a as a coach and manager, like if they lose the first header, their head's gone. They don't know where they are. And you just think, how fragile are you? Like, as I said, and I've played centre half as well, so I understand what it is. But forget all the fucking theatrics and the noise and you know playing to the crowd and all that. That's all bullshit, man. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you think your move to Southend was fair progression for where you were at that time? Definitely. I was desperate to play and, and going from the fourth division, Southend would have been the championship now. Um, they sold Stan Collymore to Forest. Were you, his, were you his replacement? Yeah. So for a million quid or a million and a half quid, they'd sold Stan to Forest. Bad Fire being the manager, I did say I'd always scored against Barnet. Yeah, so this is how football usually works. I did. When I was non-league and in the league, I'd always scored against Barnet and did well. So, yeah, he was always going to sign me. But they had a really good team. That was the next Wimbledon. When I arrived at Southend United, they were the new Wimbledon. And so before I signed for them, so I get the call from his assistant, Edwin Steen. He's just a wind-up merchant, honestly. So I didn't know him personally and I didn't know Barry Fryer personally. So anybody that's had a phone call from a manager or this, that and the other... If they're calling you directly, you always query it, don't you? You always think this is a wind-up, right? Who's this? So it's Edwin Steen and he's talking and I I don't know you, but he's just talking shit. Like literally, <laughs> like, oh hey, you fucking, you big kind. I'm like, I've not even been like nice no, talking. No, no, no. Just he's just he started the the opening gambit, it was, oh, how you doing, you big kind? We fucking we thinking, hold on a minute, like, who is this on my, on my blower? Like, What's your name again, sorry, sir? Like, who are you? Like, so I'm like, who are you? Like, who, who are you and who are you talking to? And he's like, Edwin Steen, like, Barry Fry's assistant. Like, what, what do you fucking want then? Like, what do you want? 
<laughs> so we ain't got off to a good start. What, what, what do you want? Right? So he's like, well, I'm here with Barry Fry and Barry Fry wants to sign you. Well, then fucking put Barry Fry on the phone then. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Put the gaffer on the phone then, seriously, because I don't want to talk to you. Like, I was that pissed off. I was that pissed off. So Baz comes on the phone and typical Baz, yeah, fucking get yourself down here. I've just sold Stan Collymore, building a team. You're going to fit right in. I'm like, all right, great. It all sounds great. That's all you had to say, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Putting that guy on the phone. So when I, when I, did, when, when I did sign for Southend, I got down there. I, I mean, we're good friends now, me and Steenie. I fucking didn't like him. I had this... <laughs> You know, instant thing. I'm thinking, like, where is this guy, man? And when I saw him, I was like, anytime he spoke, like, dismissed him, like, fucking idiot. Do you know what I mean? I remember you on the phone, like, who are you fucking talking to? Do you know what I mean? Like, you're the assistant manager, but I'm not having you. I'm not having you. So, but I signed, I signed pre-season, and my first game for them pre-season, well, it might have been the second game, I scored a hat trick, right? And I scored left foot, right foot header, literally. And I'm not taking the piss. It was fucking perfect. You know what I mean? It's good. <laughs> and obviously, I sold Stan and Bayfire's like, Bayfire's the best talker in the world. He could sell cars. He sells like a car salesman all the time. You've got the best fucking striker in the, in the league. So he's, you know, he's going to be playing. He scored that trick. He's going to be worth a fortune. This, that, and the other. And I think it all sounds great. Yeah, great, great, great. But I know in the back of my mind that I got sent off at the back end of last season and I'm going to be missing two games. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm so bad I don't know this. Do your homework. <laughs> yeah. Do your own fault, Barry. Do your homework, man. Do your due diligence, yeah? <laughs> so I missed the last game of the season, but I've got two more to come. So I've, I've played the pre-season game. Things are going nice. I'm in good shape. Um, we're, we're getting closer to the start of the season and the first game of the season is Forest live on TV at Roots All. And I'm listening to Barry and he's talking me up in the press and I'm thinking, this guy don't know I can't play. <laughs> <laughs> he seriously don't know. And I'm thinking, he's going to clock sooner or later. We get to like the Thursday, the game's like Saturday. And it was Forest and it was a big game. So I'm like, Baz, I don't even know how I plucked up the courage, but I just thought, I've got to tell him at sunset. I said, Baz, you, you do realise I'm not available for Saturday, right? And he's gone, you fucking what? <laughs> What? I'm thinking, shit, he didn't realise. He's like, you taking the fucking piece. Like, all my years in management, like, you've mugged me over. And I'm just thinking, like, yeah, I deserve all this. I'm getting it, but it ain't my job to tell you that I'm missing. I want to get the job done. I want to sign the contract and I want to move back to London. So I'm not going to tell you, by the way, I'm not ready. So they played the game. And obviously I didn't play the game and it was a good game. I think we drew one each. It was live on the box. Forest has just got relegated out of the Premier League. I come back, I think, yeah, obviously two games in. And my first game is Millwall at Millwall, the new den. And we're playing Millwall. So our warm-up, and we did this every away ground, would be to warm up and run, run the gauntlet. We'd run in front of their fans and run around the pitch and let them absolutely give us dog, dog's abuse. All right? Full lap. Full lap. That would be part of our warm-up, running around. Imagine that, unusual. Yeah. Mm. And it's Millwall, right? <laughs> yeah, Millwall. They don't mess about. They were giving us spitting, they're giving us. And I'm assuming Barry Fry's not signing players who can't take that. Of course. It's, he, it's he, a mentality he, that he's, he's building good. as Barry well. Barry Fry's as... recruitment was, was really good. He, you yeah. know, he's, he's, a very, he's not a coach, 
He's really good at recruitment. Yeah. He usually bought in coaches. So Most of his due diligence was good. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, 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 he didn't get many wrong. He didn't, he didn't get many things wrong, but he's done that. And he just been breathing it in and he's thinking, it's going to be something today. New den, new stadium. It's the first time they've played there at home. They've had some preseason games there and they're playing South End. So it's a, it's a London derby in that respect. So we played a game and the game lived up to it. It was, it was hostile. Um, I think they scored first. I scored, you know, as some of that Bosch won all. We just went on to romp the game. Um, I think it was 4-1. Tommy Mooney scored, Andy Anser scored and uh, Ricky Otto scored. And the fans were going absolutely ballistic that day. Do you know what I mean? But Barry Foy, I loved it. You can imagine. I got MOM as well. I remember it um, on the box. And I was quite young and this, that and the other. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fucking brilliant today, whatever. <laughs> but what I remember from the game is playing against Keith Stevens, Rhino, club legend for, for Millwall. And not the biggest. He's not the biggest. But sometimes reputation goes before you. But I'm just thinking, I'm here. I've, I've arrived, I've been waiting, I've just gone down to the fourth division, I'm in a championship, Millwall, I'm on this. And I was on this game, like they were singing, Rhino, right, they loved him. Do you know, you know, people think, and I'm thinking, Rhino's gonna get it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Rhino's gonna, literally, he's gonna get it. So, you know, we're, we're having it, back and forth, this and the other, bam, split him, split his head, he's gone off, claret. And what they used to do was like like um, Terry Butcher, you know, he's just fucking mummy-fired, didn't they? He's come on mummy-fired. I'm laughing like, look at the state of this guy. Like, Rhino, the fans are devastated. You can imagine, that's their guy, like Rhino. And I'm like, look at you, mate. I've got him on toast, on toast. You know, I'm bringing the ball down. Like, I'm doing whatever. Like, you know, Rhino's done, mate. Rhino's he's had his arms removed. You know, he put a fork in him, mate. You know what I mean? It's game over. So I just thought it was great. Uh, we won the game. I just thought, yeah, this is where I want to be, back in the championship. We beat Borough away, Wolves away. Wolves was a great game, do you know what I mean? Going to Wolves, doing that shit, running around. We did it everywhere. Sunderland got a result. All the big clubs, fancy clubs, held our own. Yeah, third in the table. So the club got panicky. and um, Panicking about getting promoted? Yeah, because not every club, they might say it, but some clubs are not ready. You're yeah. not ready. Like the stadium, you got you got the infrastructure, you're going to have to spend more on the yeah. contracts. This I'll up along where they are. Yeah, but as players, you want to you wanna have a go, didn't you? So as players, we're like, we keep doing it. We had a great camaraderie, young, hungry players. And Barry Fry at the helm, so you can imagine. So we was flying. We got to about Christmas. We was third in the table. Obviously, Barry Fry knows what's going on. Barry Fry decides he's, he's, he's off. He's off to Birmingham. Big club, I get that. Had to do what he had to do. He left, and then there was a bit of an exodus. Now, I left. I went to Forest in the March and it was probably a missed opportunity, I think, for that club. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, we've gone on to better clubs, but I think the club really could have, you know, if they'd have done things right, they might have had a chance to actually go up, but they just didn't want to go up. So the team got broken up and Southend, as I said, it holds a, a place in my heart because I was only there a brief period of time. And we was playing in, which I haven't spoken about, the Intertoto Cup. You guys won't even know about this. I, I, I know, it's a cup abroad, isn't it? Mate, imagine this now. <laughs> championship clubs, right? Championship clubs play against Italian Serie B in this cup competition, home and away. Yeah, like the Champions League. So we're fucking going 
like to Italy, like regularly, <laughs> like a couple of seasons it was, the season before, because I was a champion. And then obviously when I'm there and it's carnage, like you're playing against the Italians and we talk about some of the stuff that would happen off the pitch and racism and this and the other, and you're playing in Italy and people are spitting at you. We play Fiorentina, like big club, we've been relegated, Fiorentina, at Fiorentina in their stadium where you come out from under the under the stadium onto yeah. the pitch. So South End United, you know what I mean? It was exciting. There yeah. was no money in it. And they did away with it in the end because the carnage and the fighting. There was all <laughs> there was all sorts of fighting. There was one time when we was playing abroad and um a guy come out of the fucking treatment table out of treatment with an axe. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally because it had kicked off come down the tunnel we're all like fucking running for our lives he's coming down with the axe like you fucking you're a fan cool he wants to chop us up like do you know what I mean <laughs> well, seriously this, this cup competition <laughs> this cup competition not good like warriors so the fans loved it and that but I thought that I think and there was lots of fight I mean Southend got in trouble I think the following season where there was a big massive um, melee and a fight on the pitch and they just thought, it's just not worth it. There's no money in it. Do you know what I mean? It was good, I suppose, for some of the fans and some of the TV. But... So, yeah, Southend was, was, was a good period. Short, short and brief, but um, I always look back on it and think, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I didn't, none of us played under Barry Fry, but I, I imagine he was good at poking the bear, like getting the best out of you. Barry Fry's a nightmare. I loved him. And I suppose for some players, he would be Marmite because... It was sink or swim under him. It's either you really flourished and played well, or he fucked you off. Like literally, you just just he ain't got time. He didn't have time to develop you as a player. He, he identified a player that would be good. Uh, now I'll give you the opportunity to go in and play. Like he brought Leon McKenzie in from from Palace to Peterborough. I was there as a senior pro. Go on then. Do you know what I mean? I'll talk you up. Just go and do what you got to do, and I, and I'll move you on. So I played for him as a youngster you know, 21, 22, whatever it may be when I left Lincoln. And obviously it, we did what we did and I ended up playing and I played for him as a, as a senior pro when I would have been 29 and left Chesterfield to go to Peterborough. Some of the antics, some of the stuff, I could be all day if I wrote a book and I'm, <laughs> you know, considering it, there's lots of little anecdotes you can put in there from some of the managers. I mean, Barry Fry took me off at half time once and, you know, I got stripped and I was in the shower, but I actually went out and played the second half. That would never happen in football again. You know, he came in kicking at you, fucking your shit. And he changed his mind. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck off. And he's like, yeah, you fucking get your kit off, your dog shit. And I'm like, yeah, fuck off, do one. Gone in. I'm in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Shit pads are off. Trevor, get that, get that kit up. back out of it, Skip. <laughs> and then, and then he's, that's what happened. He, then he sent his assistant in and said, like, fucking, you, since you're going back on, I'm like, Ew. <laughs> oh, he sent his assistant in. <laughs> I fucked up. Go and tell him get dressed. He said, Steen in. Seriously, it was one of those moments where you think, I've never heard this shit in my life. And I, and I went out, so I went out second half and I just thought, this is what this guy, but he never held any grudges. So you could proper have a proper kick and a scream match with the manager and he was just, it's just part of, you know, not a problem. I don't mind that. Yeah, that's great. But mm. you know, if you say, and I've been there and done that, you burn your bridges with a lot of coaches and managers, you speak out of turn, and I've done that, and you're done. You yeah. never play for this club again. So that, that was one of his strengths, do you know what I mean? But people that have listened to Barry Fry, he's Marmite, and he's good when he does after dinners and he's saying the other, but he's like, a, he could sell anything in the market. 
He's got that sort of character and voice, like, fuck it, two for a pound, apple <laughs> pears. You know, he, he's, he's perfect Apples and for pears. That. He's perfect. But yeah, I've got a lot of love for Baz, you know, and, and his family and his kids. And yeah, it was good for me. <laughs> Go back to the, your time at Forest. You know, when this, the first sign you, were you straight in? You said Collymore, was he injured? I went straight in um, um, until Stan come, comes back and then Stan comes in and plays alongside me. Um, and we finished the seam and we finished the season. So... Real handful, me and Stan playing up top. We go back to Millwall that season, the den. Again, you can imagine, I was a handful of my own. Me and Stan, brilliant. We was a real handful for teams and we, we, we helped keep the momentum going. And obviously we was able to get promotion and, and clinch promotion at Peterborough, last game of the season where fans are climbing the, the, the floodlights and all yeah. sorts of incredible, incredible occasion. But I knew what a big club it was, Forrest. And was that daunting? Arriving, no, I mean, the magnitude wasn't. of the club. No, I felt like I'd made that progression. Although I'd made a quick step in that season, step, 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 you just, you got to believe in yourself. You think, yeah. I can play, I can I can do it, I can play at a better level. And honestly, if you get an opportunity to play with better players, you improve. You do. And I just felt, especially going into the Premier League, I didn't have to have those wars. I really didn't have to have the wars week in, week out. I, I missed them from time to time and, yeah. I, and I instigated some of them, but it, it just wasn't the case. I was just like, they would literally say, you play, we play. Let's see what you're about. Let's see what you do. Like drop off and you can bring the ball down. Now what? And I'd have to think about it. Fucking hell, I've got all this time and space. Now I've got to retain the ball. And I'm not used to that. I was used to pressure all the time on the ball. So loved nice. it, loved it. Yeah. Playing at that level, Comfortable, found it, found it easier than ever before. When was it when you started getting the shit from the, you know, the TV? Yeah, you can say it, but Dill and Skinner, Skinner, but Dill. It was <laughs> in that period. In, it in was the in Premier, that period. The, the first Premier, Premier League. League. It was, it was during the, my most successful period playing football. If, if I wasn't successful and playing at that level, no one would have picked up on it, right? They wouldn't have gave a fuck. But you know, and it was actually during the season where I was scoring goals. So. There was, there was, I mean, if you go online, you can see it like an Everton game where they depict me like missing, missing a target and, and drawing a, a fake goal. But I actually scored in that goal. Do you know what I mean? We won the game, but you don't see that bit. You yeah. just, we all miss chances, right? Do you think it was the fact that the irony of it that why it, it carried on? The fact that you were actually doing well, but they were documenting that you weren't? Well, I mean, People jump on it and we know that there's tribalism within football. So I'm used to having abuse, you know, before it was, it was, would have been being a lanky this or being a black that. So I've dealt with discrimination and racism. So I'm, I'm used to dealing with that. This was something else. This felt more sinister. I mean, I'm going to plug my podcast, the Absolutely Podcast. There's an opportunity where you will see me have this interview with David Baddiel. I Baddell. watched it the other day. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. That's where, I watched... that's where I had to wait 25 years to actually hold him to account and have a conversation with him because people <clears> continually <throat> ask me this question about, you know, what would you do if you see David Baddiel and this and the other? And he'd, he'd apologise numerous times online and this that, and the other but not to me like man to man like we're here now do you know what I mean like have some bollocks if you want to apologise I was always contactable pick up the phone meet me somewhere and we'll have a chat in the early days meeting me somewhere wouldn't have gone well he's <laughs> <laughs> done, done his research David he's done his research Frank it wouldn't have gone well <laughs> it wouldn't have gone well but you know the point is that you know, you grow and this and the other. And I, I do a lot of work. My day to day is working in this space, you know, Edie and I, I, I try and help people understand, do restorative justice, try and 
get, help people have a better understanding of, um, you know, cultural awareness mm. and language and the impact and just unpack it all. Do you know what I mean? So I had to go through that. I had no choice. There was nowhere for me to turn. Um, no one was interested. Who are you going to talk to? I was playing at the highest level. I wanted to play through it. You know, I was given an opportunity to play in the team. Yeah, I did. My form did dip a little bit. I scored, um, I think, six in the first seven or eight games in the Premier League. People forget that. I was flying, literally. I was, yeah. on, I was enjoying it. Um, took me out of the team. I was like, fuck's sake, man. Do you know what I mean? You like, think it was affecting... It's going to affect everybody. Dreams. It's going to affect, you know, maybe how people perceive you if they think you're struggling, yeah. uh, the manager's got a decision to make. And yeah, if my form was dipped, which, you know, it had dipped, I had not scored goals, could have been a coincidence of. I wanted to play through it. You know, I'm only, at that time, I'd have been like 23, 24. There's only one way for me and that's playing through this. I'm not going to like yeah. quit. I'm going to keep going. So just give me the opportunity to try and shut these people up. And I had the opportunity... I had been out of the team for a period of time where we went to, to Ellen Road and they would have porter cabins and I'd been out of the team. And if anyone's played, you guys may have well have played at Ellen Road. It's, it's quite a daunting atmosphere as well. You know? The, no, Jess. No, you've not played there. That fucking scored that trick, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. I don't want to bring it up. Love that. 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 It's almost that we set that up, innit? <laughs> no, no, love <laughs> that. Love that. You can pay me afterwards. You pay me afterwards. But no, I mean, I'd been out of the team. They had Porter Cabin set up because I'd been redeveloping the change rooms. And, you know, I don't know I'm playing yet because the manager's not named the team, but you get off the bus and like literally hundreds of people are waiting and they're waiting, they're abusing me and they're targeting me. Like, it's like, got to gauntlet again, here we go. And then the manager says, when we get in the Porter Cabin, you're playing, you're starting. I thought, great, let's go. And they're a good team. Howard Wilkerson, Dino was up top for them. Carl Palmer, I don't know why he was playing centre-half, but he played at the back, so I was enjoying that. Carl Palmer and um, <laughs> uh, David Weverell was playing centre-half. I just thought, come on then, let's go, let's go. You know, they scored first, 1-0, fans are loving it. I'm getting abuse. I score, you could have had a pin drop. You know, I'm getting the abuse, but I score. Anyone can score but you. You know when you're that guy? Yeah. Anyone can score but yeah. you. And you just think, fucking have some of that. That's what it's about. And we literally, we toyed with, with Leeds that day. And we, I think we won, we ran out 4-1 or 3-1 that day. And it was, for me, that was like, I'm back. Let me yeah. just start reintegrating myself back into the game of football, showing people that I'm not dead and buried. But to overturn and to, to control something that's out of your you know, control and the media in those days, it was too big. It wasn't like now, social media. It was TV. People watch mm. TV more than they do now. And it was a it was a, a Friday night and you knew what was coming on a Friday night and had to go out and play on a Saturday. Is it every week? It was every week. Every week it was Every on. week, man. I was so I, just, I should have got Royals. For any younger <laughs> I should have I should have got Royals. I was on that show. I knew if I made a mistake at any time it was going to be pictured. And they didn't only take this, the piss out of me. They took the piss out of Pele, um, yeah. Andy Cole. So I get that. But where they went they went too far was with the blackface and, the, you know, wearing a pineapple on top of their head and, and using a straw. And that, that, that pissed off so many people. Yeah. You know, you're crossing the line, you're going too far. You know you can't blackface in today's day and age. You know, I've got family and friends who wear dreadlocks and this, that and the other. Yeah. Impacting so many people. So it's not just David Baddiel. He's the one that, that blackface, but... As a, as BBC, as an organisation, 
nobody felt or understood at the time that they, maybe this is not right. You know, maybe we're going a little bit too far. It was just good TV. So we'll just roll with it and we'll continue with it. Did you see it as a, a bullying campaign, to use that word? Yeah, I mean... Because no matter, no matter yeah. how, how, how many goals you, yeah. you scored... I'm not soft. Like they you said they, you they scored. were like a dog with a bone. They just wouldn't let me go, literally. It was like every week, like, how can we... How can we draw like Jason Lee back into the conversation? So I could pretty much preempt their script. Like if there was a, you know, anything would happen. It, like how can they mock me and bring me back in? And I just thought, you, like, fuck's sake, man. Do you know what I mean? You're taking literally, you're taking liberties. Like I've told you already on this. I don't, I don't really settle for that. I don't suffer yeah. fools. So if you were to say it to me. It's a different matter, but I can't even get to you because you're that big and you're on TV and everybody is kind of laughing with you and getting behind you and saying, oh, don't be soft, like get on with it. And I'm like, I fucking don't like it. The amount of times I've had to tell people and stop them in their tracks, like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I had dreadlocks, I had dreadlocks, which I tied up. <clears throat> don't refer to me as pineapple head. And some people can be really shook and surprised by my response. <clears throat> Depends what mood I'm in as well. Like, why are you saying that to me? Do you expect me to react positively to that or are you trying to belittle me? Now, if I think you're mocking me, we've yeah. got a problem, haven't we? <laughs> we <laughs> got, there's only one fucking No, outcome. but we've got a problem. So yeah. for me, when I talk about doing the work and the stuff that I do now, it's about educating as many people to alleviate those excuses that people hide behind, the ignorance that, yeah. oh, I didn't understand, you know, and no one told me and all that nonsense. We're in 2023 now. People have got a better understanding. And if you yeah. haven't, you're going to be found out and held accountable. So mm. that's that's where we are now. I just, know Chaddy, Luke Chadwick, we had Luke on and nobody realised how much it affected him until probably 18 months ago. And not is it not one person's actually thought at that time, I wonder how he's feeling, I wonder how he feels about this. Yeah. If, if you're playing football, no one gives a fuck how you're feeling. You're getting paid good dough. You're getting paid good dough. So what have you got to complain about? So when people come on here and you speak to people and they talk about their mental health and you know people want to they want to commit suicide, we're human beings. There's more to us than playing football. We understand that because we learn at a young age that we're going to have to deal with some shit. But I don't ever speak to a young player and say like, you're going to have to put up with being racially abused and this and the other. If you've got a problem, you need to come to somebody, myself or somebody else, and air it out and share that information so we can do something about it so that you can just focus on being a fucking footballer. If you, you think back the time at Lincoln and Southend and we spoke about your determination on the pitch, your, the type of player you were, aggressive and whatever, did that affect your game at Forest in any way? Your confidence? Yeah, I, 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 I'd have to admit, maybe confidence uh, as... On the pitch, yeah, listen, we're all footballers at the end of the day, so it's going to affect your confidence on the pitch. <laughs> Off the pitch, as I said, there's worse things going on, so I could cope with it. If somebody wants to say it from across the table or somewhere where I can get at them, that's different. In a football stadium, you've got no control. You know you're going into the gauntlet, you're going to get dog's abuse, right? What am I going to do with that today? Do you know yeah. what I mean? I got, I, I've really got to try and perform. And even if you perform, you know, people are still gonna, gonna give you stick. So in terms of your confidence on the, on the pitch, yeah, maybe it did affect my confidence in terms of playing because you know, if you've missed an opportunity, you're gonna, you're gonna be getting battered, right? I mean, I, 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 had shit, I had shit at Blackburn, but we're talking national, national telly yeah. every Friday. Yeah, you, like, miss a you miss a chance on a Saturday at half three, and you think you must have been thinking that's gonna be on Friday night, yeah, all day. All day, every day. I remember playing at, um, at Stoke 
you play for Stoke, right? Mm. Again, big crowd, you know, really good um, atmosphere. Forest, I think it was the FA Cup. We won the game. I remember missing an opportunity and you can see this on, on YouTube, but Stuart Pearce comes in behind and scores. So all in one moment where the, the ball got crossed too quick and I couldn't adjust my feet and I swung like airballed, missed the ball, straight behind me, piece has gone bang, left foot in. So in the moment that they're probably laughing, it's like, fucking, there's a goal. Whee! All in one moment. But I'm like, fuck's sake, man. And obviously that gets shown. So you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? You know, you... Hmm. Straighten your head. It's like, hmm. But... As I said, we have got that resilience. We know what we have to do, especially strikers. If you've got anything about you, I'm going to take the next chance, the next opportunity. And you're going to have to understand that you're going to miss opportunities. So I understood that. I just, mm -hmm. the problem I had was is if I was taken out of the team, I can't affect it positively. Yeah. I was going to ask you, that. How, do you how, how do you think the manager dealt with it? Frank Could he have done more? Well, I, who, who knows? Because nobody was dealing with anything in a different way. Frank Clark. I'll always be respectful for and, and grateful for, for the fact that he signed me and took me there. And, but nobody had those conversations where, are you all right? And, yeah. you know, what can I do for you? And no one spoke like that in football. Would the I lads get, talk about it? I'm going to say on the flip the side of that, did the lads take the piss? Yeah, lads would laugh. I mean, and this is a point. So, and I've been at other clubs where, like the initiation, uh, I've turned up to a club before and it's fucking, there's a pineapple on, my, on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, the lads are like, they don't know how I'm going to respond. The thing is, you, know, you don't know who's putting there, do you? Right, so you get in and it's like, I've got a sense of humour. So I'll be like, I'll be frosty to start with. Like, lads like thinking, oh shit, this has gone pear shape. Do you know what I mean? You think, oh, whatever, boys. But I'm just telling you, I'm not really okay with it. Do you know what I mean? I get it. It's a bit of banter initiation, but don't be fucking calling me it. Do you know what I mean? Just understand where I'm coming from. See, you know, if I, were, if I were your strike partner and you miss a sitter, I'd have been like, oh, that'll be on fucking Friday night. Yeah. Be yeah, and listen, you just know that without anybody else telling you. So players take the piss. We know change rooms are... And if you show a weakness, people are going to take liberties with you, you know, in that respect, so... Did you... Obviously, I watched. I watched the uh, the podcast you did with David Bedell. Did you get what you wanted from the meeting? No, you did. I did. I tell you why because I got to look him, look at him, dead in the eye. I know for a fact because I felt him, as you do in a handshake. Thought about breaking his hand. <laughs> I'm gonna say, well, they're like, like them, you know, when they're doing the weigh-ins at fucking boxing. Yeah. Like that. I just, think the, the build-up, the build-up build to that was was really good. We did it the right way. We didn't clock eyes. We hadn't spoken. We had our teams doing the communication between us. And at the time we was going to meet is what you saw straight away on camera was when he walked through the door. I mean, I got, I was there early enough, but I nipped out and he he got in and he was waiting at the back, and I nearly met him before going in the studio. And I did say to people, like, listen, I'm a human being at the end of the day. Anything could happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, anything could fucking <laughs> did, did happen. He realize, took his glasses off. <laughs> Any, anything could happen. Just in case, on the off chance. <laughs> anything could happen. So, you know, they kept him, you know, out of the way. And then he came through the door. And then that's the first time I've seen him. You know, and I get up and I shake his hand. I could feel, you could feel, like, Seriously, he was like trembling, he was, he was shook and he took the front foot in terms of he just started spilling out straight away his apology. So you just have to listen and breathe and let me take in what you're Zob. saying. Um, let me give you the opportunity. You know, I've done enough work. I'm mm. professional enough to, you know, I'm not going to mug myself off on TV, on camera, but we're going to get to it. 
You know, so you're saying what you're saying, you're apologising, but I'm still going to come for you with the questions and you're going to answer the questions and people are going to get a better understanding of how this situation went because not many people would really understand this situation. It's news to a lot of people. You know, a lot of people have had to deal with their own personal <clears throat> shit off the back of what I went through. And when people are telling you about what they've had to deal with off the back of what I went through, it's like, wow, the amount of outpouring from people that have had to deal with similar stuff going into the school, you know, school playground and this and the other and said that, you know, I've had to deal with this and maybe because you had dreadlocks, I was getting the, it's like, fuck's sake, that's a lot to deal with, right? I've got yeah. to deal with, I've got to deal with me. But knowing that I know from the black community how offended people was, like dreadlocks are sacred, man. Trust me. Yeah. Did part of you maybe feel that, because obviously he's, he's very outspoken, uh, wicked against the anti-Semitism, not just in football, but, in general, is a part of you maybe thought that from a cynical view, you're only doing this because of the backlash you get speaking out against anti-Semitism because of what you've done in the past to yeah. kind of Well, he admits that. He admits that in, a view, in the interview that he's now got a better understanding having dealt with the shit. And usually what happens to people is that when they've had to deal with shit, they then understand that fucking hell, maybe I was out of order. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I was treating someone badly. Do you know what the song, the did when it was sung by the Forest fans and it was obviously sang with... Endearment. Endearment. It's, it's, that's what conflates the whole thing. It's very yeah. confusing for Forest fans, even today, that I, I get it, I understand. You, you sang it and especially if I was performing and I was scoring, you're showing people that, yeah, we love him. And I've got a great relationship with Forest fans. I hear you. I just wish there wasn't the song. I wish you didn't yeah. have to sing that in so support honest, of me. It's like... I mean, three white blocks sat at a table. We've never experienced racism. And I never saw the ra racist connotations with that song mm. until I heard you talk about it. Yeah, It's just th that education through talking about it, you you understand. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of Forest fans and other football fans can see that from was educating people about how you felt about it. I, but I'm a big advocate for that. Like, you know, it's not about locking, um, you know, throwing away the keys it when people you know, make mistakes if they've made innocent mistakes and we talk about unconscious bias or this, uh, all the all the buzzwords that, that people use. I want to alleviate the excuses for everybody, you know? So I do work yeah. with, with clubs, players, anybody that listen. If you're serious about tackling discrimination and, and in particular racism, right, let's do the work. Let's sit down, let's have these conversations. I help facilitate those conversations, give you a little bit more context to the meaning of some of the words and some of the actions that you, you, you know, you throw out there and let's alleviate those excuses because generally when anybody's found guilty or accused of being homophobic or racist, they, they will say, oh, I didn't know or lack of ignorance or I had no education. It's 2023, man, come on. You're not going to be able to get away with that shit. Mm. So, but did, do did, the work. Did you, did you see it as a, a racist thing? Yeah, 100%. Because of the Is black face, it was like, are you, are you mean did more you the song? To, did you have just, the black face? But the the song and everything, did you still see that? If he'd just done it in his normal white face with the uh, pineapple, yeah. would you have seen it? Would you have just thought, oh, he's just, I've just been targeted and taken the piss? See, that's a, that's a really good question. And it's hard to separate the two. And also, as I said, it's the dreadlock thing. It's the stereotype when you're trying to... Part of your identity. Right. So we all know you can get mocked because of your appearance. But the point I was making earlier is dreadlocks are synonymous with black people. So we take that shit seriously. Like, do you know what I mean? Like Rastafarianism and this, that and the other. Like, it's, it's freedom. 
It's being able to express yourself where no one can tell you, like, cut your hair and this, that and the other. So he was mocking that anyway, you know, to take a straw to one of the locks and say, like, what are you doing, man? Imagine, yeah. like, you're on TV and you're getting last, but imagine if you was doing that literally across the table and I'm here. Like, it's not going to fly. It's not <laughs> going to fly, but you've got an audience and people are telling you you're funny. And that's where he'll always have his supporters. There will always be people that won't agree with what we're saying. But you can never tell somebody who's been abused in any way how they should feel. And that's why it's hard for people to express their feelings because, oh, you shouldn't feel like that. Like, you're being soft, don't be. You're being a daft lad, like, mm. fucking shake. Like, I'm trying to tell you, you know what I mean? How I'm a bit wounded. I'm a bit wounded right now. So I mean? So it is deep and, you know, it's important to be open about it and have, you know, those conversations with people and be really frank, you know, in the workplace, on a day-to-day and give people the opportunity to say, look, you know, it might, might not be comfortable what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say this and how do you feel about it? And then you can correct people. And now your thoughts on Badil now then? I mean, we're never going to be friends. You know, we, uh, we left it. It is what it is. Um, I'm you watching. what he said? I accept what he said because at the end of the day, he didn't have to come forward or maybe he did, you know, maybe he did. That's the, the cynical which he was getting at earlier. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to hold this shit with me forever and take this to my dying bed where, you know, I need to have a conversation with someone about something. I've got to move on. I've got to grow. Yeah. I've done enough self-work and worked with enough people to understand that you do have to face this shit up at some stage. And like, I was never... like. I'm not scared. I was never scared to meet the man. Do you know what I mean? I played at Stamford Bridge. That's something we didn't speak about when, you know, he's in the stands. I scored a goal. Anyone can score but me, right? I'm playing for Forest, losing 1-0. I go on the pitch. Imagine I'm sub. I'm getting that song, getting the abuse. Badil's in the stands. I'm desperate to the gaffer to bring me on. Doing a, <laughs> doing a Lenny here with Frank. I'm like, Frank, get me on. For fuck's sake. <laughs> like, get me on. Like, seriously, get me on that pitch, man. Because, uh, I'm revved up. I'm ready to go. And I've gone on. You had uh, Frank LeBouf and, and Michael Dubry at the back. And I've gone on. I just did my thing, man. And I scored the equaliser. And I I'm know right. he's in the... And I ran the length for the pitch like, fucking yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, come on. Have some of that. Imagine like... And he put says... Put on your show on yeah, Friday, you fucking Fucking friend. deal with that, mate. Deal, deal with that. So you've just... You've got to have your moments. You've got to live your moments. You know, sometimes I, I used it to fuel me in the, in the right way. You've got to find a way to be you know, strong and, and, and come out of it the other way and be positive. Top of the pile of the weekend, chaps. Unfortunately, I'm not as good as what I thought mm. in this, this game. I do believe you were uh, saying that I wouldn't have a clue what I were doing. Well, prove you wrong this weekend. Better to I? be lucky hey? than good. Again, though, we were all shy, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say top of the pile <laughs> when it comes to the actual pile of coming home with any cash. I was about, it was a low bar. I was about 20th. <laughs> a quick what message that? from our headline sponsor, Betmate. We had our league, didn't we, this weekend? Mm. We, we've got another one this weekend. So it's uh, Premier League matches and a couple of championships sprinkled in there as well. Perfect. Spring, sprinkling a championship. Just a sprinkle. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of seasoning. What, what, what's that dicker call it? Salt. <laughs> Choose your winners, your draws, your losses, and uh, you get your points. If you haven't signed up, who you do? UTC5. Yes. For a free you get bit. involved. Download the app. The link's in the description. Or you can just find it in the app store. And uh, put UTC5 in, you get free fiver. I'm seriously contemplating just getting our last to pick them. I think you'd have been better doing that this weekend. Yeah. Because there was that many strange results. 
Are we doing the goal scorer oh, as well, Chris? Eh? And there's a new game, which I, I like. This, this is one. more your bread and butter. I think we'll do a league for this as well. So you can search for the Under the Cost League, and basically, it's any time goal scorer across it. We'll, we'll put the fixtures together, and basically, you choose who's going to score in every game. So you just pick a player to score. Any time or first goal? Any time. Right. So if that player scores, you get the points. I like Interesting. it. Interesting. I've, I've, I've already got me. I've already just. Since you said that, I've got my, my strategic plan. So I'll have ten fixtures over the weekend, and you, from each game you pick a goal scorer. What will it, what's your plan? Well, I'm just not going to tell you, am I? <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. I'm, I'm doing very, pretty obvious, really. Big big top goal scorer? Um, top goal scorer and penalty yeah. taker. That's pretty much where I've gone with it. We need to start having a points tot-up as well, see how we're doing. He's bottom. Oh, I know that. I'm thinking, I know, I'm, not, I'm not in it because I've missed a couple of weeks. No, 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 no. That's not how it works, John. Well, you've got to learn from your mistakes. Got to be 18 or over. 18 or over, as always, and it's low stakes. So, a minimum of maximum of fiver. Sorry, minimum like two pound. It's pound, just a bit of fun. Yeah. So, we are gambling responsibly, we aren't we? Are, yeah, we please do. do gamble responsibly. Nothing silly. Yeah, so get yourself involved. Links in the description. Uh, I'll go over to the App Store and download the Betmate app, UTC5, get a free fiver. At 30, you were told you'd never play again. Yeah, I'd struggle to. <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah. This list here. I proved a few people <laughs> wrong, didn't I? Yeah. yeah, I did the work. I'm not going to lie. When someone says that to you, I lived in the gym. I, I ate the weights. I did all the quad work. I did what I had to do. I spoke to you earlier about learning to maybe change my movement, take off on the other leg. I just thought, I'm, I'm not ready. Like, I wasn't ready because I wasn't ex you know, expecting to be finished at 30. But I did start doing all the stuff alongside my career and I just realised that every year that I played in the game was an absolute bonus from then. I never cut any corners. You know, I was teetotal when I played. I looked after myself. And you can imagine in this, in this environment to be teetotal is not an easy thing. Teetotal throughout your career? Throughout my career. I rarely had a drink. 41? 41 I played too. Yeah, I mean, I played in the league. I bet the rest of the lads were buzzing. Thank <laughs> fuck he's not getting pissed. I played, I played in the league till I was 38. And right. then I did three years non-league, which I didn't think I would do, but I just enjoyed it. I played for a long time. And when I speak to players about it and they say, you know, what does it take to be a pro? Live the life. I'm sorry. Simple as that. Don't, don't have any, um, any regrets. Don't claim you could have done this better. I don't think I could have done anything better. I worked up my game. I was better than what people think. The amount of times people said, you know, you got a better touch than I thought. Mate, I played in the Prem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can look after a ball. It's that people just want to swing the ball up most of the time. Lazy football. And I could head a ball. So if you head a ball, obviously they're going to put the ball in the air most of the time. But look after yourself, man. Away from the game. I did that. Looked after. I used to go on holiday. I used to run all the time. And you know, to this day, I continue. People watching this will be thinking, that's not that difficult to live your life right. Well, me, me and you have done it and we didn't, did we? we but you said a lot, it, lot it is people, difficult. A lot of people didn't. It is difficult. You're young people. We're young men at the end of the day. There are temptations, <laughs> right? You're out there. You know, football is not hard. Honestly, I, I don't, as I said earlier, I don't see being a footballer as being hard. The hardest part is being a professional. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't stop in. It's, it, it's bad, isn't it? It's, we can't can't live the life properly of a professional footballer. I think we've been a bit harsh on ourselves because I would say Jace were in the minority. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's what I mean. Definitely. When easier yeah. said than done. 85%, I would say, will go out on a Saturday night. Yeah, of course. That's why I said to you guys that, you know, I understand that I am in the minority. But if young players are asking you the question, and invariably young players are, when I'm talking to young scholars, I've played across all the leagues, got promoted four times, played 100 plus, you know, scored 100 plus goals, 600 games. I mean, you've got a phenomenal goal scoring record, by the way. So I'll give you that. I, I, keep I, going, got, Jess, keep going. I got, I got the most out of my career and I just, I never suffer fools. Like if you're a young player and you're not living a life and you want to work with me, like I can't work with you, mate. <laughs> I don't think you can do it now. You can't, you can't do what we did not now. Because every, of social everybody media. Else is yeah. Everyone you. knows where you Even are. Even your body and, and all that. But you when everybody else is treating the bodies as Everybody else is out Saturday night all day Sunday. Yeah. Well, they're, in. they're in all the time. I mean, the mm. amount of time clubs own you now, you know, they have you in for cool downs and warm downs and you play Saturday, you're in Sunday. So yeah. all of that, I mean, didn't have all that. When I was, that, that would piss me off. Like, Sundays for me was always a day off. Mm. So whenever a manager tried to get me on a Sunday, that was a fallout. Like, I mean, you, <laughs> <laughs> you, talk, you talk about that, you know, being very headstrong and mm, not taking head, any too shit. Headstrong. How, too headstrong. How did you get on with Steve Evans? Steve Evans knew how to manage me. So I give him that, okay? And I see him be a real shit to a lot of players, okay? Yeah. Um, his change room was just anarchy, you know? But I signed for, for Boston United, it might have been 2003, around that period. And they'd only been in the league a couple of years. Um, and obviously they had the financial problems where they've spent ridiculous amounts of money. Um, and that came back to bite them, you know, further down the line. And obviously you got a ban, Steve Evans. But his recruitment's really good. You know, he talks about his recruitment and this, that and the other. And he's a charmer. Absolute <laughs> fucking... That is, the last, that is the last phrase I ever thought I'd hear. What? Steve Evans, charmer. You, here's why. Here's why, as I said. The reason he signs players is because he's, he gives you the spill. Here's what happened. This is how I perceive Steve Evans and my relationship is that I've signed for Boston. He gave me the spill, gave me the spill about a new training ground and we're going to get a new stadium. And I'm like, oh, sounds great. Okay, great. Went down to the training ground. They called it the Dabsy. They never fucking trained at this place where we met, right? This training ground. You trained at Dogshit Park and then another Dogshit Park if you could get it. Oh, so he took you to a different training ground. <laughs> he, took, he took me to a place that we just showered. <laughs> Charmer, Charmer. It's like he, having a different photo on, your, swear, on your profile. I swear, he took me to a place that looked great. Aesthetically, you're driving into it and you're thinking, this is all fucking great. You've got like a training complex, you've got, you got um, sauna, sake. gym, swimming pool, <laughs> athletics track. Decent. They took you to fucking Banatines. Decent, decent. Fucking hell, I didn't swipe right on that. Right? Decent. So obviously you have the you, you have you, you have the feeling that this is going to be you, but we never trained there <laughs> unless we ran around the track. So we'd use the gym and we'd get in the pool and this and the other. But he did that with every player that came in. So the, the running joke would be every time a new player came in, you'd all go wee because you just know you're getting sucked in. And the players that came in the door were like, "Fuck me! Like, how's he managed that?" The players that we had there at Boston was phenomenal players. And despite him and his antics, we went out and performed. But, you know, he managed me the right way in terms of days off, talked to me respectfully, and I treated him the same way. So you treat people as you find them, right? Yeah. But I know he was a shit to other players, but don't ever try that shit with me. <laughs> and there were the occasions, especially when it was time for me to leave, 
that our relationship started to break down. And I just, that's how it is with coaches and managers. I just thought, fuck it. I'm getting out of here, so I'll start being a prick. And I was able to leave and I went to Northampton. Do you know what I mean? But he brought in Paul Gascoigne. During my, tip, during my period. So I'm there. So in the first season, so, it, yeah, you're going to laugh. Paul Gascoigne. This is what I'm this is crazy. Paul Gascoigne. This is, this is crazy, right? This is crazy. This is crazy that he had basically three ex-Premier League strikers on the books. He had me, Julian Joachim and Noel Whelan. So we're all there. We're laughing, like laughing at each other, laughing like, what the fuck, man? This is like Boston United. We bought in players. Like he was able to now attract for some reason, because they started throwing some money in, better players. Players who had played in the league. So what he got away with non-league <laughs> players, he wasn't really going to get away with the same better players. Because you come in, you think, I'm not having that. Like fucking talking shit. And he was talking shit 90% of the time. Do you know what I mean? Talking about his mates with Alex Ferguson and this and the other. Get away with yourself, man. We talking about <laughs> so then three Premier League strikers. Then Gaza comes like the circus. The circus continues. Like Gaza's coming into the building. Like love Gaza. Like especially dealing with what he was dealing with, and we know what he's dealing with. That's not the place for him to land. Boston United. Steve Evans. They took liberties, man. Steve Evans. Nah, they brought him in as player coach, and the media circus around him. I think they said. If there's anything over 3,000 in the stadium, he would get a percentage of the gate. And fucking, it was, it was full to the rafters every week when Gaza came in and they said, that's 2,999. <laughs> like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, Gaza, come on, man. And he's like, yeah, fucking taking the piss. And I'm like, oh, man. And he'd be like, big man. I'd be like, listen, I, I can hear you. I can hear you. But this club, like, what are you doing here? And he was playing coach and he never let him coach. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, was there, can you remember the time he was doing set pieces? Hell yeah. So if somebody asked the question. No, no, Noble oh, spoke it? about it. Brilliant. Yeah, so Nobs is my guy, man. And Nobs is highly proficient, really technical. And Gaza, imagine of all people, like we're doing set pieces, Gaza's like talking to Nobs and they're lapping it up. He's saying like, like, fucking, this is how you want to approach the ball and spending it in the top bins and that. And it's like, it's quality. Steve Evans fucking comes shuffling over. Do you know what I mean? Like, shuffling. He comes shuffling over, like, what are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, getting involved, like, no, this is how you fucking do it. Like, what? You're telling, you're moving Gazza aside, <laughs> right? Literally, you're moving Paul Gascoigne aside and you're now going to show us how to take a free kick. Yeah? I rest, I rest my case. That's a, that's a mic drop moment, right? I'm like, this guy is too much. You know, he should just, he should never have landed there. He should never, he never have been. Took advantage. I'm not sure if Noble added salt and pepper, but he said, told Gazza to go in goal. You know, that Every, might have been the, the right. That, I'll tell you what, that may well have been correct. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, get go between sticks, Imagine that. I, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't dispute that. Because I remember that and I remember another occasion and the boy's name is Courtney Pitt and it was Pitty because he fucking hated Pitty. <laughs> and it might have been a free kick again. And for some reason he stood in the way like Steve Evans and Courtney Pitt has gone out to take the free kick and he's literally just kicked Steve Evans. Just smashed him <laughs> instead of the ball. Because like. <laughs> <laughs> he's standing in the fucking way. <laughs> like, I'm taking a free kick, I'm practising, what are you doing? Really? Like, you're always in the way. Like... <laughs> Well, like, where did Jeff Hendrick all done that? Seriously. <laughs> this is the pitch. This is where we work. You stand on the sideline, for fuck's sake. But 
Yeah, so Pity used to get a lot of stick from him and this, that and the other. But the lads were really great. You know, we had like Nathan Abbey in goal. We had a really good car school. Noel Whelan, if he ever turned up on time, would have to get to my house. And then we would drive, as I said, teetotal. I would drive the lads into, into Boston. It was a bit of a trek from, from Nottingham, but the crack was incredible. Like, what's going to happen today? Yeah. Who's going to come in the building today? Do you know what I mean? When you saw a new player coming in, you just thought, you Who's fucking idiot. <laughs> you idiot. Like, it's in the training ground. Yeah. But he would literally go and meet people. He would go and meet players at airports. And he talks about it today's recruitment. He'd go and meet a player anywhere. He would go and like, just charm you, like tell you this and the other, and you just end up signing for him. He's a charmer. He's a charmer. And he's good with the media. He talks He talks yeah. a good crap with the media. But behind closed doors, he's just absolutely killing the players all the time. There was one occasion where we played uh, Swindon in the FA Cup and Swindon in the, in the league above. And I missed the first, well, we got, to a re- we got them to a replay. We absolutely rinsed them. Like we're four, four nil up at halftime. I've scored and I've missed a penalty. And I never took penalties, you know. Scored one, missed one. That's the amount of penalties I took in my career. And I've missed this penalty. We're getting at half time and um, we're all fucking high-fiving. Like, it's 4-0, mate. We're playing like Real Madrid. Like, gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're getting in there. Fucking door slams behind us. And he comes in, Evans, fuming. Fuming. Like, fucking, you fucking. <laughs> what? You fucking, like, half a job. We should have been fucking 10-0 up and not 4-0 up and... Absolutely lead balloon, like just pissing all over our parade. I'm thinking, and I said it, I said, mate, if there's like deflating the team, like, like what are you saying? Like, why would you come in and, and how, because we should be doing better. The lads were fucked off, man. So we went out second half and they score and the game ends 4 1. Because the lads couldn't give a fuck about the second half. It's like, I thought that was terrible management. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I understand you want to keep. Keep everybody, but not well done, boy. It's fucking good first half. Yeah. Not fucking you all shit and you're fucking you're fucking shit. And everyone's like, what? I'm confused. I was confused because Tony Pulis said it, didn't he? That he did the same, but it was two one then. Or Tony Pulis. It was. So I know you've so done Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis came. Tony Pulis came down when he was out of work to uh, deliver a couple of training sessions for us. I think he did one day because he wasn't coming back again. Tony Poulis, imagine, he's out of work. I'll never forget it. And he turns up and Steve Evans, fair play to him. He must have said, Tony, come down, you know, maybe it's a few quid, you're out of work, come and deliver a session. So Tony Poulis is, is trying to deliver a session with Steve Evans, you know, Steve Evans, the guy who can't leave it alone. And Tony's a fucking top manager, isn't he? He knows his <laughs> shit. <laughs> Don't need to hear Steve Evans. And I'm watching this, like, this is unfolding. I'm just thinking, only at Boston under Steve Evans can these things happen. <laughs> you know, Gaza, Tony Poulis is here. Like, I can literally see and hear, like, he's telling us to do certain stuff and Steve Evans is saying something else. And, like, Tony's thinking, well, are you taking a piss? Like, <laughs> and we're like, Tony, like, like, what's it going to be? Are we doing this, that? Steve Evans is just undermined. And I'm thinking, so we never saw him again, Tony Poulis. <laughs> we never saw him again. <laughs> are, you enjoying, are you enjoying stuff at the PFA? No? Yeah, I mean, I've been working with the PFA for 10 years. And the reason I did that when I stopped playing is that um, the PFA identified they needed somebody to come in and work in EDI space, which I spoke about earlier tackling discrimination and also for me a passion was working with current and former players and 
what I get from working for the PFA is if I can help any person, any player, current or former, and they go on to transition well, happy days. Because uh, generally when players leave the game, they will say, uh, there's nobody to speak to. I've not Listen, it's about building those relationships with people. And there, if, there are things available to, to PFA members, current and former members. It's unlike any other membership in terms of, you know, you guys could still come back to this day and say, you know, uh, it's education. I want to do this course. All right, well, there's some funding towards it. There's a, a funding, uh, there's a bursary towards it. You know, so no other union supplies that. You know, you have to be paid into a union to be able to access a union. Well, as former members, you guys can still access the same things you could access when you was members. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, it does some good work, but there's there's usually somebody who's had a bad um, a bad experience with the PFA that will, you know, talk negative and say the PFA is this, that and the other. I get it. It's not for everybody. Um, but for me, for me, it's about helping people. I know the people that have helped and a lot of it is in confidence. There's a lot of stuff you do with players. You, you, people don't need to know about their personal business. You know what I mean? So there is support there. My granddad was 72 and he played 1950s or whatever. Wow. And he needed a stair lift. And my uncle just ran, uh, wrote a letter to the PFA and they sent a fair donation towards it. See, that's a positive. Talk, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I thought you were going to the bottom of bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> See, that's, that's the positives. Yeah, it was brilliant. Like, there the are family, positives, family but generally that. people don't want to hear the positives. People will always get outshouted by a negative, you know. Yeah. PFA fucking shit because they said no to, to somebody because maybe it was unreasonable what they was asking for. There's only so much. Once you explain to somebody that this is what's available to you, especially now with the new regime and the new process in place, there's X amount available to everybody and that's how it should be. And, you know, you can't give somebody else more than somebody else. And I know everybody's different, but you still have to show it financially because you've got auditors. There's a charitable commission who, who run the funding around oh, you know, players' funding. It has to be managed the right way. So... No, it's a good union. I think what will happen, people will miss it if there was no PFA. That's the biggest thing. If there was no PFA, clubs would have took liberties and will take liberties with players. But generally, players don't need the PFA until they need the PFA. Mm. So basically, yeah, new knee and a little bit of liposuction. And I'm fucking... <laughs> <laughs> PFA have done fucking wonders uh, for me. I'm, I'm do straight back to your end, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but positivity. <laughs> Oh, You're supposed to say it doesn't need lipo, but thanks, lads, anyway. <laughs> no, no, Jace, top man, thank you very to... much. Something we did mention before, before we finish is uh, Chesterfield versus Millwall. Yeah, yeah, he wants to go back to that one, didn't you? One of our yeah. former guests. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what it was, version. and it's not a rough and tumble. I did say to you, I still need to see Mark regarding this because we <laughs> haven't ironed it out, literally. <laughs> is Yeah, I was sub. Uh, Mark Bertram was sub. I remember it. He might not remember it. I've always had a relationship, a terrible relationship with Millwall fans and Millwall. So you can imagine they fucking hated me, always. And I always wanted to do a business again. I've been sent off against them over the years. I've had good days there, whatever. I just can imagine the atmosphere, love it. Mark Bertram's sub, I'm sub. Mark Bertram's come down. And for some reason, he decides to do this, this fucking like roundhouse kick near me. Like he ain't doing it to me. He's doing it for effect for the fans. Have the warm-up type thing. Or... Yeah, but what are you doing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What the fuck are you doing, man? And I know these pricks behind him, like the Millwall fans are loving it. 
I wasn't happy, mate. I wasn't <laughs> happy. I just thought, fuck this. You know what I mean? So half, half time or whatever, trying to have it off down the tunnel, innit? I'm like, down the tunnel, let's, let's get into it, mate. Couldn't get near him, like, fuck this, man. <laughs> Screw it off. Just bullshit. Yeah, like, what, what's going on? I just thought, perfect, you know what I mean? I wasn't impressed. He did that perfect. And I just want to, I want to have a conversation. With him, <laughs> uh, uh, I've, heard, I've heard he's a good lad, you know what I mean? I've heard he's got a bit about him and he might be like, well, yeah. We might not even remember it. But little things like that, I remember little things like that yeah. because that, that irritated me, man. Like, there's just no need. I didn't think there was any need for that. Do you know what I mean? We're supposed to be seeing him soon so you can come. Yeah, in. let him know, That'd man. Nice <laughs> John's got my number. Do you know what I mean? Like, line it up, mate. Line it up. It's all good. But no, listen, I've enjoyed being on it. I think you guys are doing a fucking great job. Um, the guests that you have, obviously, are sharing a lot of really interesting stuff. And I, I really appreciate you having me on the pod. So good Stop luck with you. Thank yeah. you very much, Massively Paul. appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, good stuff. Lot, Cheers. Cheers.